Hey there, my name is Bethany Bravery, and I'm the host of the Bringing Her Hope podcast. But even more than that, I want you to know that you are welcome into this conversation, that there is a seat for you at this table. And I honestly, I can't wait for you to meet each and every one of these amazing women who I know will inspire you to also live out the story that God is calling you to and to give you hope that He will be faithful to redeem your story as well. We will laugh together for sure and most definitely cry. But you know what? I get so excited about the thought that together we can grow deeper in love with Jesus, that we can jump with both feet into the adventure He has for us. So get ready. It's going to be a crazy, amazing ride. My guest today is Carrie Cates. Carrie is a wife, a media consultant, a coach, and talent specializing in Christian music radio. Don't settle for less than God's best for you. Those words from Vadi Bakheim during a conference for college students would become Carrie's motivation to embrace singlehood, even if it meant for the long haul. Being a single woman after 30 is becoming more common, but single after 40 comes with an assumption that you also love cats and or plants, which she unashamedly loves both. Over 40 and determined to not settle, but ready for a relationship, Carrie began to pray every day for her future husband. He was nameless and faceless and even formless at first, but over time he began to take shape and God wrote a beautiful story of falling in love. This journey has inspired Carrie to proclaim Vadi's words to her single friends and say from experience, it is worth the wait. Hey friends, Bethany Bravery here. Welcome back to another episode of the Bringing Her Hope podcast. I am so excited for you to meet my new friend, Carrie Cates. Carrie, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I uh, was raised by a single mom and um, my parents divorced when I was young and we moved around a lot. And uh, that was actually great preparation for my career, which ended up being in radio. Mm -hmm. And if you know anyone in radio or media, you tend to go where the job is, which means relocation most of the time. And so I've lived in about 15 states. Uh, I changed school every year until high school, pretty much. So I'm great at making new friends because you have to be. And I I got to see a a great example of a really strong woman Mm. who taught me to to take care of myself. Mm. Um, And I don't. I don't like to say it in a, you don't need a man. Cause I, I believe that we need each other, but, but I also learned how to be independent and take care of myself because I saw her do that. Um, so I was very career focused for a long time. And then um, very surprisingly in 2018, maybe 20, I can't even remember now. I think it was 2018 met a, a guy in my field um, and fell in love and got married. And now we both do the same. We're both radio people and doing life and we're newlyweds. I love it. So awesome. So today we're going to be unpacking this topic of praying for your future husband, what that looks like. So Carrie, that's the journey that God has taken you through. So why don't you just, we'll pack our bags. Let's go on this journey together. Okay. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I grew up with a single mom and, uh, you know, I, I didn't really ever have an example of marriage. Uh, my mom never remarried. She died in 2016. So once she left my dad, um, 
they, she didn't really date a lot and was focused on taking care of us and then never remarried. So marriage was something I desired and, um, looked up to, but I didn't really have an example, um, to try to follow, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was very focused on my career. Um, so through high school and college, um, I didn't really date a lot. Like my mom didn't, uh, but also honestly, it was pretty hard to slow me down Mm -hmm. and I was just on the go all the time. Love to have fun and was really passionate about my career and having a cool job. And so I really chased that. And through that, um, you know, I got to the age where uh, probably somewhere in my thirties, where I feel like a lot of my friends went, well, you kind of, they said it in a much nicer way, but like, well, you've, you've kind of passed your prime. Mm -hmm. Most people get married in their twenties or now I feel like a lot more people are waiting until their thirties. Um, but you know, here I was like with no potential on the horizon, um, wasn't really, I mean, online dating wasn't even a thing yet. Um, but then once it did become a thing, I wasn't really all that interested in it. I have no issue with it. I have plenty of friends who have, um, found lifelong partners through online dating, but it just wasn't my thing necessarily. Um, I did it once or twice because a friend made me and didn't take it seriously enough probably and didn't enjoy it. Um, So I really had just kind of gotten to a place in my life. And I would say I felt this way throughout of Lord, it's just me and you and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I, I want you to be enough. Help me see you as enough but that may be my calling in life. I may be called to singleness and I'm okay with that. So that's a hard place to get to, uh, especially if you desire, like, especially if you're a romantic, but if you desire uh, to be a spouse and have a spouse, you know, that's Mm -hmm. a hard place to come to. But I had really gotten to that pretty content place Um, for women. Kids are a lot of the, a part of the equation. uh, And I just didn't, um, I, I, didn't necessarily desire to have kids at the time. So uh, I was like, you know, I'm okay with this. But then there's always that thing in the back of your mind that's like, but it'd be awesome if somebody came into my life, you know? Um, and I, as I entered into my 40s, um, that what I wanted for the rest of my life became very real. And I was like, you know what? I do want to be married mm-hmm. and I would like to have a family. And that's, you know, the older I get, the, the different, that more different that's going to look for me or the possibilities, I should say. So uh, I did really start to have a desire that I believe God birthed in me to be married, but it still wasn't my one thing that I was going to go after. I was still focused on my career. So I still got to be myself through the process. Like I still focused on my career, had a lot of fun at my job, uh, but was very much more open to it'd be cool if you would connect me with someone Lord, you know? Mm. Uh, So I tried to be more open just in my engagement with other people on the subject, because I just tended to, like I had really great guy friends who would say, you know, Carrie, you just don't seem interested. And I was like, what do you mean? And, and they would say, you know, like, I've always known that I'm just your friend. Uh, which I would usually joke with them and go, well, you are, I'm not attracted to you. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Reality but, check. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're great, but uh. yeah. Um, but 
but it just was good wisdom for me for them to go. So it's cool that we have that relationship, but any guy you meet sees Mm -hmm. you as like, you come off as not interested. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay, well help me. So guy friends in my life were really good. I was like, well, help me know how to maybe change that or be better about it. Um, so there was definitely some personal growth there. Counseling is a big part of my story. Uh, well, that was a goal for me when I turned 30 that I wanted to start counseling because I think mental health is a part of overall wellness. And so digging into childhood issues, insecurities that I didn't even know were there, that helped a ton to just help mature me and help get me ready to be in relationship relationship mm-hmm. with another person. Um but again, keeping God number one, like I don't, I'm not losing that. I don't want to lose that, you know? So, uh, in, in a, like 2017, I think 2018, somewhere around there, um, I was hanging out with, uh, my roommate who was a decade younger than me, but just great and a great person. So we love to spend time together. And she brought a, a friend along, uh, and this friend was super fun girl, like career girl too, but she was, uh, had just gotten engaged and had been dating her boyfriend for a decent amount of time, just gotten engaged and was about to get married. Very attractive, fun personality. Like one of those girls that you're like, she's super cool. I want to be like her. <laughs> and like, maybe she'll let me be friends with her, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I got to know her a little better. And I was real interested in this story of, well, how did you, how did you guys connect? You know? Mm-hmm what brought you to this place? Because she had um, a story of broken relationships and this guy was finally what she had prayed for. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, you know, I just, I wanted to be married. And so I, I prayed every day and Mm -hmm. uh, I set, I I just set it out as a goal. um, And I I prayed every day for my husband. And, you know, here we are. Well, I couldn't connect with the, that's my goal in life. Cause again, I wanted to have a cool job. I had fun in my job. That was really my focus, but I did connect with like something pinged me where I was like, I can connect with the idea of if I need to seek the Lord on this on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and put more emotional effort and energy into it. If I do desire to be married someday. And I was like, you know what, what do I have to lose? Like praying, praying regularly can't hurt anybody. Yeah. So, um, I've never once met anyone that went, you know, I just wish I hadn't prayed so much cause I'd be happier for it, you know? So I was like, well, it can't hurt anything. So I put a, a calendar. I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. Mm. I put a calendar or, um, an alarm on my phone that would go off every night at eight 30. And I had it like, I put like secret language on it so that if I was with a friend and they saw it go off, they wouldn't know that I was, it was time for me to pray for my future husband. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I took it seriously and I started praying. And at first it was just, it felt weird because I'm praying for nothing. You know, it's like, I don't, there's no, there's no guys I'm interested in. Everybody I work with is married or weird. Um, (laughs) I, I went to a church with a bunch of couples, you know, I, like anyone single was 20 years younger than me. And so I just, I was in a place in my life where at 40 something, there aren't a lot of, you know, there's not, not a lot of options and, or they can be, they can look very different. So I I didn't know exactly what I was praying for, but I knew I, I needed to pray. And so I would just pray in general, like, Lord, I'm praying for my future husband that you would guide him, you know, would you lead him to me? Would you be with him today? Would you grow him as a man so that he can lead me well? Mm -hmm. Um, 
would you help him to know you? You know, the things that I wanted, I, when I was younger and people would say, what are you looking for in a man? I had like a full list of like super hot, <laughs> um, really smart, super yeah. fun, you know, this whole list. Yeah. Well, the older I got it, the list got shorter and shorter to where I went, I'm just looking for someone over 18 <laughs> and <laughs> friends would go, don't you want a Christian? I'm like, no, that went off the list at 35. I just want someone <laughs> over 18, which of course I didn't mean, but you right. know, right. um, so I really was in a place where I was like, I just want who, I just want what God wants for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to try to dictate what job he has, what he looks like, what his history is. I just want who God wants for me. Mm -hmm. And so I really prayed in that direction of Lord, whoever that person is that you have for me, be with him now, shape him now and help me meet him, you know? Mm -hmm. And I did it every day. And there were some days where I, the alarm would go off and I'd look at it and go, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. And then I'd carry on, you know, because I knew that God knew my heart and yeah. what I was praying for. And uh, we had, he and I had visited it enough that he knew the details. So I, I did that for, um, gosh, a good number of months. And then uh, in my, my professional life, uh, I was, you know, involved in radio, this radio station that I had worked for, I was still really close to the leadership there. And um, the, the guy in charge was hiring a, a radio person. And I know a lot of people in the radio field. And so he came to me and said, hey, I'm hiring for this position. Would you help me? Like, would you put the word out about the position? Would you help me think through who might be a good possibility? And, um, you know, just kind of like be an ear for me when I need to talk through ideas and on who to hire and stuff. And I said, absolutely. I, I love radio. And so I'll do whatever I can to help. And um, so as that process went on, a friend of mine in the industry, so he's a colleague. Uh, so one of my radio bros had reached out to me and let me know that he applied for the position and wanted insight from me because he knew I'd worked at the place. So he's like, Hey, give me the lowdown. Good, bad, ugly. Do you think I'm a good <laughs> fit for this? All that. So I'm just talking to this radio guy and uh, trying to help him figure out this job situation. And then, you know, I knew that he had applied, but the boss hiring didn't know that I knew that he had applied. It was just like the strange where I'm in the middle, not telling either one of them that they're talking to me, you know, right. I'm like the secret keeper in the middle. Right. But through this process, I just got to know this radio guy better where his name is Matt, um, mm -hmm. where I just learned more of his passion behind the job and connected with him on some of those things and got really interested in him as a solution to this, like the, the person to take over this job because I was so connected to this radio station and I really wanted, I wanted them to have the best person too. And I just started to see like, man, he really would be great for this. Mm -hmm. So through that process, the boss, I hope this is all making sense what I'm describing It's making it. sense, girl, you're doing good. <laughs> the boss comes to me and says, hey, I'm thinking about hiring this guy, Matt, what do you think of him? And so I was able to go, well, I've actually gotten to know him pretty well. I still never told either one. Uh, I was still the secret keeper in the middle, but I was able to give him a, a, a more whole picture of Matt as a candidate and said, you know, I've actually gotten to know him pretty well. And I think he's really smart. Uh, I think he would do a great job and, you know, said, these are the reasons why um, here's where I think he might be weak for the job and he may need some uh, more support or training or whatever. Um, but ultimately, like, you know, I, I think he'd be great. So the boss says, okay, I think I'm going to hire him. And I was like, cool, thumbs up, you know, and then that's it. I don't go tell Matt because, again, I'm the secret keeper in the middle. Yeah. 
um, I just watch how it how it plays out. So ends up that the boss hires Matt. Matt moves to the city I live in where this uh, radio station is. And we, I'm the only person in town he knows. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he know, he's moving to a new job and um, he didn't know anybody else. So he would call me and say, hey, do you want to go get dinner? Uh, you know, I'm, you know, he's here by himself. And I want him to feel welcome to this new place. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. for him to start his new job. Can't wait to tell him about you know, what he's going to love, what's going to be a challenge, all that kind of thing. And so we would just hang out. Mm -hmm. And the more we hung out, the more we talked about things outside of just the radio and talked about our personal lives. And the more I got to know about him, the more I liked him. And I went, wow, he's, he's just a solid person. Like he's Mm -hmm. a great man. He's a good man. And, and I, you know, learned through it that, his number one was the same as my number one. He mm-hmm. wanted to serve God first, but then he was very passionate about radio. Like I was so like his job mattered a lot to him too. And so we really connected on that too, which I've never been married before this. So um, I don't know what that's like in other marriages, but I can imagine if my spouse didn't understand my job, you know, like mm-hmm. my, the ins and outs of my jobs that that might be more of a challenge or maybe just a, wouldn't feel as connected, but I felt very connected to him on this level that was so important to me because he shared the the interests that I did in it and was very serious about it like I was too. So eventually um, it comes down to that awkward. He asks me to, hey, do you want to go get dinner? Um, and I said, sure. And he says, would Thursday night at six work, I'll pick you up. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's this is a date. <laughs> I think it's a date. <laughs> um, so we went through that and we both stumbled through it because I'm older, having never been married. He's older uh, and had been married for a long time previously. Mm-hmm. So, so like we're both kind of stumbling through it. So I learned pretty quickly all of the visions that you have about how things are supposed to go, like just throw it out the window. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. And whatever you're picturing in your mind of what he's going to be like or look like, just throw it out the window window Mm -hmm. because he is, he's nothing like what I imagined or pictured one, because when I started praying, I didn't imagine anything. I just Mm -hmm. was like praying for a faceless person, a formless person, you know? As that prayer, as I still kept that prayer alarm every day and I was engaging, you know, Matt and I were talking about this job opportunity, I began praying for him. Not, and I, I wasn't necessarily connecting the two. I would go, okay, it's time for me to pray for my husband, my future husband. And I go, and you know what? I'm going to pray for my friend, Matt, because no he's, way. <laughs> he's trying to get this job and I'm going to pray for this radio station because I want them to hire the right person. And so I just kind of started doing it at the same time. And then one day... I felt like the Lord was kind of going, Hey, you can stop putting a divider between these things because Whoa. you are praying for your future husband. Whoa. But then I felt crazy. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I could never tell anyone that, you know, <laughs> I sound like the crazy female who's like, I knew you were my husband before you knew, you know? Um, but that's really what God had begun doing in my heart. So, um, and, you know, through all this, we're hanging out. He's becoming more and more interesting to me on a personal level. So, um, yeah, we just, we started that, that awkward 
what I thought was a first date was. And um, we dated fairly quietly for a good bit of time before any, any of our friends knew because mm-hmm. our, because we're in the same industry and it's very small, we needed to see if it was a thing before people knew mm-hmm. um, because we wanted we just wanted to honor one another and we wanted to honor God through the process. And we're like, you know what, we're going to try this out, but if it turns out to not be a thing, then we're going to high five one another Mm -hmm. and cheer each other on in our careers. But you know, let's not, but nobody else needs to know, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was just such a rewarding time. And dating in your 40s when I hadn't dated a lot I mean I dated some but just not a ton because it just again I was much more interested in my career um that was really different because he's older and I was older a lot of the silly stuff that um you're kind of consumed with just wasn't even there like we really pretty quickly went to like well what do you like I'll never forget right after we started dating he asked me, um, Hey, what do you want to do when you retire? Mm. Like that. Um, if he asked me that 10 years ago, I'd go, I don't know. That's so many years away. Well, I'm in my forties thinking about what do I want to do when I retire? Yeah. And I said, I don't want to tell you. And he said, why not? And I go, because you're going to think I'm a nerd. Mm. And, um, he said, well, what is it? And I go, I want to, I want to work at a radio station. (laughs) Like when I were, I'd like to maybe own a radio station um, and just throw everything into that. You know, maybe it's a tiny little radio station that doesn't even reach a lot of people, but just get to own it and love it. And Mm -hmm. that's what I want to do. And I felt like that would be nerdy because that's the job I have now is in radio. And it would be like, that's not a real answer because you're, you know, retired. Um, And I said, what do you want to do when you retire? And he goes, I actually want to own a radio station. Um, I was like, what? <laughs> so like stuff like that, you know, I felt like the Lord was like, see this, this is your person. So yeah, we dated for, um, I, I, my friends make fun of me. Cause I couldn't tell you the exact date that we started dating. I couldn't tell you like when our first date was, cause I, we, I just wasn't keeping track. Yeah. Um, but we dated for probably a year, uh, maybe a little bit more. And Um, then got engaged and at true to form, I was at a a radio conference and he flew in and surprised me and Mm -hmm. uh, proposed to me there. And we got married three months later and that was almost two years ago. So we're still in that really fun newlywed time, but I was just telling him yesterday, I spent so much time as a single female and I always would call myself a single girl because I didn't feel like a woman because mm. uh, I was just still so fun and fancy free and um, excited about my job. But I spent so much time as a single female that and had become so independent that I really saw that as a great, meaningful life. And I truly believe it is. God calls some people to singlehood. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an honor. I'm someone who believes that's Paul in the Bible and look at the impact he made with his life on earth and look at the impact that's happening through scripture. Mm. Um, So I believe in that. And I really thought that's my calling. That's for me. And, and I'm just going to, I'm going to be okay with it. 
Um, well, that tells me that because I got to the point where I was content and okay with it, it wasn't necessarily my calling. It wasn't the time for that season, but I never knew how during that time, um, I never knew how much being married would add to my life and make me a richer person and really help me thrive. I feel more like myself than I ever have because I have a husband who builds me up and helps me see where I'm talented and gifted and smart and funny and helps me see where it's like, maybe, maybe don't, you know, like where I'm not. Um, but he, he believes in me. He loves me and I feel it. I see it. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from that he loves God first and Mm -hmm. he sees me through God's eyes and he knows how much value I hold to God. And so then I'm that valuable to him. Uh, and, and he really, he really shows me that. And I, he would tell you that, you know, he had years of getting it wrong and, um, making mistakes and this is his chance to do it. Right. And I'm like, well, Hey, I'm, thankful for your story because it got us here yeah. and I get to have you as a husband and you're such an incredible man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's, I, I tell everyone if I knew marriage was this fun, I would have done it a long time ago because <laughs> it's just so great. Uh, but I know that's not everybody's story and, and truth be told, um, I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, when I was in that single season of like, okay, this is what it's going to be. Uh, I wasn't ready to be married. I hadn't done enough personal growth. I hadn't grown spiritually enough. I wasn't to a place where God was enough yet. Mm. And I, I believe I needed to be there. So it's kind of like, I think of the story in the Bible where um, Abraham lays his son, Isaac on the altar. Yep. It's, it's in that willingness, you know, Abraham doesn't know that God's going to rescue him from that moment. But it's in that willingness to go, I'm going to follow you. I don't get it. And mm-hmm. this is, uh, this makes absolutely no sense to me. And it's the most painful thing ever, but I'm going to follow you. And in that instant, he sees the the solution of the, the ram in the thicket. Um, so it's like that willingness to hand it over truly, to truly surrender that God's like, okay, that's not actually the answer I have for you. I just needed you to get there first. I needed mm-hmm. you to be willing. And I, I really saw that come to fruition in my life and my story in meeting my husband. Oh, that is so good. Um, Carrie, let's talk to the gals who are maybe in their 30s or in their 40s. And, you know, every Thanksgiving, every Christmas that they go to, everyone's asking the question, you know, are you seeing someone? Are you dating someone? Just that pressure of, you know, once you get to kind of that age group, how do you handle the pressure? What do you do with that? How do you respond with that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's, it can be so frustrating because in, in your seat, it may be like, don't they know if I met someone I'd be telling them like, why do they have to keep asking me? But they're interested in your life. Yeah. So the way I handled it was I was honest and I would say, yeah, no. Um, but I would honestly say, but I'm not really, you know, seeking that out right now. Like, because uh, some people go, this drove me crazy. They'd go, well, have you tried online dating? Yeah. And I'm like, you're, you're not the holder of the solution necessarily, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. and there was a time where it's like, yeah, actually I did. Um, but again, in fairness, I never really did it and uh, didn't take it all that seriously. I believe now that's because God was 
hold, holding off so that I can meet my husband. Um, but like, I would just be honest and, and say, um, I haven't, you know, I'm not dating anyone, but I'm not really trying. Uh, it's not something that I've put as like a primary goal in my life. Or if you're a place where that is your goal, I would be honest and say, I'm not dating anyone, but I'm really open. You know, I do feel like God has me in a place where I'm ready for relationships. So, Hey, if you know anyone you think I, I should meet, I'm open. Um, I would not be afraid of setups at all. I have so many friends who have met their spouses through uh, being set up and keep in mind that if you have a mutual friend, they know both of you and love both of you probably, and may see that you would go well together. Yeah. Uh, and it's never bad. I had a friend tell me this, I think it was really wise words. It's never bad to get some practice in. Good. Now saying that you should never, ever, ever do it at the expense of someone else's future or what God's calling them to, but it's really okay to go out with someone and go, they're great. I don't think we need to continue this. You know, you should always be honest and not waste people's time. Um, but it, there's nothing wrong with getting to know people and getting some practice in that, you know, if nothing else, it can make you a better, better friend to people. Um, but I think honesty and just being authentic and where you are in that journey is the best way to deal with that pressure because it could turn into someone going, well, Hey, let me walk with you in that. Let me pray for you. Or let me introduce you to someone, or let me make sure that I always invite you over for a holiday that you might be alone. If that's something you desire. I love that. You seem to live a pretty full single life. You know, you were immersing yourself in a career, you had community. Um, but did you ever experience, you know, nights or, you know, just observing other couples where there was loneliness? And if that loneliness came up, how did you deal with that? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say I think that was less frequent for me than um, a lot of my girlfriends who were single also. They would talk about this kind of pining after marriage or, um, like an, an angst to be a mother. And I, I just couldn't connect with that. That just wasn't me. Yeah. But I did reach a point when I would say I was in my um, probably mid thirties where I went, no, I think I do want to have a family. I do want to be married. And that was really the first time that I experienced loneliness. Mm -hmm. um, and then into my early forties, I would say there were definitely nights where I would get in my bed and think, is this what it's going to be like forever? Yeah. And I would think about my mom who never remarried mm -hmm. and go, am I going to be alone for the rest of my life? Who's going to be around my bedside when I die? You know, mm -hmm. I, I thought about that stuff. And I would like to say that I was better at this, of, of praying in those moments and asking God to help me see him as enough. But there were times that I remembered that and went, Lord, if it's me and you, I'm, that's, I'm okay with it. Mm. Help me be okay with it, you know? Um, but a lot of times it was just kind of a, okay, this may be what it is. And I got to figure that out. You know, mm. I've got to, I've got to be okay with that because I still want to have a fulfilling life. Um, but one thing that I tried not to do was for that loneliness or, any kind of emptiness that I felt around other couples or um, when I was alone, I, I tried to never, ever, ever let it prohibit me from living life. That is so good. I wanted to live the life that, that the season I was in that God had me in mm -hmm. and really experience life. And because of that, 
I came into a marriage later in my life where I've lived a really full life. And so I'm not saying to him, I gave up all these dreams for you because I didn't, I lived them out. Like I've traveled, I've done all these things and, um, and I've just tried to have a lot of experiences and meet a lot of people and try to grow from relationships, friends and coworkers and mentors and, and even dating so that once I am in this marriage, you know, got to the being married, I didn't have those regrets. So I think it's really important to not let that loneliness paralyze you to where you can't move on. You still got to live life. And it's in the living of your life that you may meet the person yes. that you're supposed to marry. I mean, that's what happened to me is I was busy living my life. Um, and I had a, a friend of mine actually said something to me that it was just really wise words. They, they stood out to me when she said them and they've stuck with me ever since because they are true. She is someone who uh, I think she's probably in her late 40s. She might be over 50 now, um, but she's been married. I think she this is her second marriage, if I'm not mistaken. And I think her first marriage was very difficult and not super healthy. But so her and I were chatting and I was in my mid 30s and wasn't all that interested in marriage. But I think she was someone who had said, hey, are you dating anyone? Do you want to be married? And so I was going, eh. Well, here's where I am on that. And I, I remember her saying to me, any, in your single life, anytime you feel lonely, mm. don't ever let that loneliness dictate action. Like don't go seeking someone because you feel lonely because the loneliness is very temporary. Yes. And she said to me, the minute, the second that you meet the right person, all of the years of loneliness that you feel, all the moments of loneliness that feel heavy because they add up to so much and they can feel really dark and heavy at times, they all go away in an instant mm -hmm. when you meet the person that you're going to marry. Mm -hmm. And she was so right. The second that I met my husband, not the second I met my husband, the second I knew that this is the person God had for me and I was looking at my future I, I couldn't even remember the lonely moments because I was so fulfilled because he had so much to my life. Mm. And that was just really important wisdom. She didn't even know she was giving me at the time, but it has stuck with me ever since. That's good. Um, you know, in one hand, I feel like you had this open-handed posture of, you know, if I need to be single the rest of my life and you've called me that to that Lord, I will. But in another hand, you know, you still gave the Lord your dreams. So as you got into this rhythm of starting to pray for your future husband, how did you kind of keep both hands in check? You know what I'm saying? How did you keep the balance between Lord, this is really what I desire, but at the same time, it's your will. I want what's best. I want your plan. How did you do that? Yeah, that it's a constant surrender. Um, it, it's, it, it's not something like we don't surrender once and then we're done. I think we surrender to the gift of Jesus's redemption on the cross once, you know, it's one time that you say, I believe that is true and I accept it for my life. But every other surrender in life after that is constant. It's a regular surrender, um, regularly surrendering to God's will, regularly, regularly surrendering to God's call on my life. And, and so it's, that very much was a, some days I was great at the balance. Other days it was very unbalanced. Yeah. Um, so I would say, 
I don't know that I intentionally handled it super well one way, um, but it really is about keeping that posture of, I ultimately want what God wants for my life, whatever that is, and really being okay with that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, what do you think, you know, that season of singleness, if it felt even longer than what you had originally, you know, hoped for as maybe a teen girl or whatever that looked like, what do you think walking through that season has taught you for marriage or prepared you for marriage? Wow. I'm so thankful. It was such a gift, Mm -hmm. such a gift. Um, the words of my married friends kind of pop up for me at times where I go, huh, that's why they said that of like, you know, Hey, uh, once you're married, it's not just you, you're thinking about somebody else. So, you know, like that is like, Oh, that's true. Um, which I love, I love including my husband and everything. So that's still super fun for me. Um, but I, it really was, so it prepared me in learning how to take care of myself Mm. so that I felt like a whole person by myself. Yeah. So I learned how to take care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, I learned the importance of being connected to people, of relationships, friends, family, coworkers, even. I learned the importance of those relationships as a single person mm. so that now that I'm married, I'm able to still practice engaging in that with my lifelong, you know, the, the person I'll be with for the rest of my life. But I also have those relationships as support when it's Mm -hmm. needed. Yeah. If he and I are going through any kind of challenge, I'm able to, to engage those relationships to say, Hey, we need prayer or we're trying to make a decision. Would you walk with us through this? But then I'm also able to support them, you know, Mm -hmm. because of the support of my husband. Um, But I think the biggest lesson is just, I got to learn who I was uh, and I'm really thankful for having so many years to be able to do that. Choosing to go to counseling um, was a big part of that is that I just was proactive about, I want to see pitfalls before I get there. I want to heal my heart. What may be broken now before my husband has to feel the effect of me not dealing with stuff. So during my single years, counseling was really critical to work through stuff from childhood and my relationship with my dad. Cause remember my parents were divorced when I was really young. So there were certain things with my dad that I really needed to process through and even things with my mom that I needed mm-hmm. to process through and being single afforded me that opportunity so that by the time that I'm married, I'm able to be the best version of myself because I've worked on it and I've tried. Yeah. Uh, and that was, uh, that was part of the gift of that time is, is really getting to work on myself. Mm-hmm. So good. You mentioned earlier in the interview that, you know, even as you were thinking about dating, you still had this concept in your head that Jesus was going to be your first love, that he was, he was going to come first no matter what. And I think sometimes, um, we, as women, you know, like we watch the Disney princess movies as little girls, and it's the prince that feels like he's the savior in our story. But sometimes that can, that hierarchy can get out of whack. And, you know, I know for me personally, I've, I've walked through divorce, but in my single mom life, it's been that has to be first. And I think too, sometimes when we go into a marriage, 
And we have that much pressure on someone that they have to be our all in all, that they have to be our everything. You know, when Jesus is supposed to be, it can actually be crushing in a relationship. So if you could speak to someone who's, who's like, Carrie, I hear you. And I, you know, I want to pray for this, but I can't stop thinking about it. And I want, it's consuming my life because I, I want this so desperately. What would you sweetly say to her? So I would be very honest in saying that's a, it's hard for me to connect with that. Cause I just didn't feel the same way, yeah. but I would also like, if I, if, if I'm your friend, I'm going to ask you, why do you want it so much? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it such a thing for you? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe really try to unpack that of, is it because you feel like you're not whole until you have that relationship? Because it, that's not true. You yeah. are whole and marriage is not going to make you whole. You know, right. all the things that we dream up that uh, are going to go away once you get married, they don't like, right. you know, you walk in with the the same stuff that you brought into the marriage or you, you bring the same stuff you had, you bring it into the marriage too. Um, so I, I would say, why is that such a thing? Mm-hmm. And really try to think through and pray through discovering that. Mm. And yeah, I, I just would never, I will never regret making Jesus, putting Jesus first. Mm. And it's not just oh, it's so kind of me to do that. That's really what he demands. If you follow Christ, he demands to be first in your life. He is Lord. Yeah. Even if we don't make him Lord of our life. But once you finally surrender to that and you agree to it, you know, and you kind of give in, I promise that you will never regret it. You just won't. He, he fills in all the gaps. Yeah. He helps make you, he doesn't just help. He makes you a whole person. But that starts with surrendering to it, believing in, in it, yeah. agreeing to it. Um, and I think that's really hard. Like what you're describing, that mm-hmm. feeling, I think that's r- probably the hardest thing. Um, and I don't know that anybody really like has the answer. Otherwise, you know, there would be a lot more healthy relationships and marriages than people in life. Um but yeah, I would just really encourage someone going through that to figure out the why. Why do you feel that way? Mm-hmm. And and really try to surrender. And maybe it's as simple as praying. If you look at the Psalms and David, King David, how he prayed, he was very honest in his prayers. Yep. So try that approach with God and go, I don't get it. Mm, so good. You you put this desire in me clearly and you're not delivering on it. And I like, here's where I am. So I'm going to need you to get me through this. When here's the thing though, is when you are honest to God and now the example I'm thinking of is actually in the book of Job. Um, when Job finally goes to God and is like, um, you know, he finally is like, okay, what is the deal? Why did I lose everything? And maybe this is terrible after all and starts kind of questioning his allegiance to like, I'll be okay. God answers with like, Oh, did you put the stars in the sky? Oh, were you there at the creation of the world? So when you, when you come to God rawly and authentically, and I believe you should, Mm -hmm. because let's be honest, he knows you like you're not hiding anything. Yep. Um, You got to be, be prepared for the answer. Yep. And the answer may not be a, a firm or a definite thing. The answer may be, were you there at the creation of the earth or mm-hmm. look in um, the actual place in the Bible is lost to me right now. But when Paul uh, it's in the new Testament, Paul prays 
you know, I, I asked God to take this thorn from my flesh. Yeah. We don't know what the thorn is. It was something yeah. that was bothering him, but I asked God to remove the, the thorn three times. And the answer there isn't, okay, I'll remove it. Or, well, it's coming later. The answer was my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. Amen. And it's like, what kind of answer is that? Well, it's the right answer is that yeah. my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. So you really have to work to be okay. And I'm saying work because it's not natural. It's not natural mm-hmm. to go, oh, cool. Yeah. You have to work to be okay with that answer and to go, you know, I don't get it, but I'm going to let your grace be su- sufficient for me. And I think that is birthed out of trust, trusting mm-hmm. God. Saying I trust you are the three most powerful words you can say to anyone. It's not I love you. It's easy to love things. Mm-hmm. Trusting people, things, trusting God, that's the hardest. So it's really working on that trust of God. Like, do you really trust that he's going to deliver? Yeah. And for me, when I was praying and I had that alarm going off every night, I really did trust God to answer, but I didn't know what, what it would look like. Yeah. I, you know, I did, there were moments where I was like, you know, it may not be a husband he's going to give me, but I know I'm praying for something. Yeah. Uh, and I just trusted, I trusted for God to bring that to fruition however he saw fit, because I knew what he wanted for my life is what was best. And that's what I wanted to. That's so good. I think um, one thing that you mentioned too, that is so important is when we come to the Lord being authentic and real and wrestling with him, with the things that we struggle with, because he does already know our thoughts. I think that creates deeper intimacy with him. If we don't feel like we have to come with these you know, Christianese type prayer requests or whatever. It's like, he already knows our thoughts. And in fact, his thoughts and ways are so much higher than ours. And so the more that we can get to know each other in the secret place or spending time with him, the more we're going to start to see his character. But then in addition yes. to that, we're going to get to see who he calls us to be. And then we're operating out of this confidence of, okay, Lord, I trust you because you have proven yourself time and time again, you have been faithful and you have a purpose and a plan and his timing is perfect. Like for you, he wasn't late. It was just on time. Yes. We don't, sometimes we have to praise him before we see the outcome. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story and being transparent with all of us. How can our listeners connect with you? Yeah. So, um, I am on Instagram and Facebook and they are both private. So (laughs) you'll, um, if you, um, but I would love to chat if you want to, you know, if, if I can encourage you or pray for you, like, like, please do reach out. Um, my Instagram is the Carrie Cates, uh, it's T H E C A R I K A T E S. And my Facebook is just Carrie Cates. Um, so, and it should allow you to, to send messages. Um, but yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you again for your time. Thank you again for just sharing your story. And I just know that it's going to bring hope to so many women. So thanks, friend. Thank you. I sure love my conversation today with Carrie. And I loved her encouragement to us that it is worth the wait, that God has so much in store for us. And It may not look like what we thought it would look like, but his best is the greatest plan of all. I hope it encouraged you too, if you are single and maybe you are longing for a future spouse, that you would begin praying for that spouse. And she reminded us about that posture in prayer. It's this open-handed concept of, Lord, this is my desire, but I desire what you have. I desire your timing. I desire the man that you have for my story. 
And even if it doesn't end up in marriage or even if it doesn't play out the way that I thought it would, you are still good. Hey friend, I hope you are loving this podcast. If you are, please submit it a review. Those reviews mean the world. It means that we can keep getting this podcast out to more and more people and pointing them to Jesus. Well, we can't wait to share another story of God's redemption next time. But until then, you keep living those brave stories for Jesus. I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor of the Bringing Her Hope podcast, Friends of Hope. Friends of Hope is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to the support of Christian radio, Christian events, new media, and activities that share the good news of Jesus Christ. So thanks again, Friends of Hope, for sponsoring the Bringing Her Hope podcast so we can continue to share more brave and beautiful stories of God's redemption.